Welcome to Excel Roundup. This is Deborah Dalgleish from Contextures.com. This week we're taking a look at a few keyboard shortcuts that you might not know. We're also going to give a pivot table a makeover, take a look at VLOOKUP, and especially its last argument where you have to put in true and false, and a few other topics of interest. It's a cold day here in Canada, and we've had a little bit of snow overnight, so that messed up the roads. But fortunately, my commute is only from the kitchen to my office, so I wasn't too badly affected. It's January 19th, 2015, and we'll take a look at the items for this week. The first one is a video from lynda.com. It's a free video they've posted on YouTube, and it shows five keyboard tips that you might not know. One of their shortcuts was Control-Shift-F1, and that lets you toggle between the full screen and the normal screen in Excel. So you might find that one useful. And also Control-F1 lets you toggle those commands on the ribbon, so it gives you a little more space on your worksheet if you need it. I published a few things this week. One of them is Conditional Formatting, you can use a filter to select any rows you've highlighted with a specific color, whether you filled the color manually in the cell or used conditional formatting. And once you have selected those rows, you could change the data in the cells or you can even delete the rows quickly. Another tip that I posted is about pivot tables and giving them a makeover. If you create lots of pivot tables, you probably just have a routine you get your data, create a pivot table, use the same layout over and over again, just get the fields maybe arranged differently. But take a look at some of the layouts that are available. There's a default layout which is compact and it puts all of the row fields into one column. So it makes a nice narrow pivot table but it doesn't show all your headings so the data isn't quite as easy to understand. You can also use outline layout or tabular and those put the headings the way they used to be in Excel and I find them easier to read the data so take a look at those and there are also different ways that you can show your data you can put a value field in multiple times and perhaps in one column show the numbers and in another show percentages so there are lots of things you can do get out of your rut a little bit and take a look at some of the options you can use in a pivot table Another thing that I posted was a tip from a reader of my newsletter, Robert Lepper, and he was doing some homework with his kids and they needed a color spectrum. So he experimented in Excel and he used two color gradients in a range of cells. So in the first cell, he used the colors red and orange and put a gradient and then in the next one, orange to yellow and so on to create the full spectrum. So it's a bit of fun. I don't know if you'll need it in your work, but maybe your kids will have this homework one day and you'll be able to help with that. I also posted a collection of tweets about Excel. I find some interesting ones over the week and put them on my Excel theater blog. One that I liked was never apologize for a good pivot table. And I think that goes without saying. There aren't too many bad pivot tables, especially if you give them a makeover. And another one I liked was don't have time for Excel charts. 
and I read lots of tweets about people having problems with charts. It seems to be the area that brings out the most bad language on tweets when people are writing about trying to build a chart. So it might be easy for you, but it's it's amusing sometimes to read what other people are struggling with when they're building a chart in Excel. Then I found some other articles that people have posted on their blogs. The first one that I found was by Sohail Anwar. He was posting on Chandu's blog. And the post was eight reasons why you must get better at Excel in 2015. The first reason that he listed was Excel is a universal language. In an office, if you know Excel, you can talk to other people who know Excel. And uh, the third reason was that it can create more time for you if you get better at Excel, especially if you start getting into some programming with VBA. You can save lots of time on your tasks once you improve your Excel skills. Another article was by Miguel Escobar, who used Power Query to combine multiple files from different file types. You can download a sample file and follow along the tutorial, which is posted on Pivot Power Pro blog. In the download, there's a zipped file that contains a folder with a text file, a CSV file, and several Excel files. There's a built-in query in another workbook that you can use to pull in all this data into one file. So it's a good way to get started if you haven't used Power Query, and it'll walk you through all the steps, and then you could adapt those techniques to your own files. In another article, Dick Kuzlaika was trying to find the next row in a list object while he was using VBA. And it's a bit of a struggle. The table wasn't behaving the way he expected. And some of the comments have other code suggestions, so take a look at that. John Peltier, who's a charting expert, posted an article about using a stacked column chart to show some fundraising amounts and then he added a secondary axis that showed the percentage of the target that they had reached. And the tutorial walks you step by step through this so you can try this on your own. Charles Williams wrote an article that explains how Excel handles array expressions and constants in both single-cell and multi-cell Excel formulas. So Charles has found that there are lots of gaps in Microsoft's official documentation on this topic. So he's trying to fill in some of the gaps. Now this is a complicated topic, so make a bit of time and take a look through that article. There was a quick power pivot tip from Melissa Coates and she explains how to show calculated measures in alphabetical order. This also works in regular pivot tables so you can try it even if you're not using power pivot. You go to the pivot table field list and there's a gear symbol up at the top right. If you click that you can select to sort the list in A to Z or in the order that it is in the source data. On her blog, Taylin explains why you need to use true or false in the last argument of a VLOOKUP formula. True means an approximate match and false is an exact match. 
and she explains how Excel searches the list based on whether you've selected true or false. And if you omit that argument, then true is the default there. So it's important to understand how it works and why you might get incorrect results if you're not using this argument correctly. And the final article that I looked at was from Erica, who's a freelance writer, and she really likes her budget cash flow spreadsheet that she uses for her business. She started doing this way back in 1998 and has kept it going since. She took one quick excursion into Quicken software, but went right back to Excel. She doesn't give us a download of her spreadsheet, but it's interesting to see how she's using it. It's nice to see what people other than accounting and finance people are doing with Excel. There are some Excel announcements of upcoming events. One of them is Minda Treacy, who has opened registration for her Excel dashboard course, and you can get 20% off if you sign up by January 22nd. I reviewed this dashboard course when it first came out, and I've just updated my review to take a look at her latest version. She's added quite a bit since I went through it. She's also offering a free one-hour webinar on how to build an Excel dashboard, and there's a sign-up link on my website that will take you to her registration page. The last one, I think, is January 21st, so don't wait too long. Another event that's coming up is a free online preview for the upcoming Business Analytics Conference. There are going to be six live webinars, including one called Productivity Revolution in Excel, and that is led by Chan Du, along with Avi Singh. So you can follow the link to sign up for that. A little further out in the calendar is the Amsterdam Excel Summit. That's in April on the 13th to 15th. So there's a link to their information page, and as far as I know, registration is not yet open, but should be sometime soon. Thank you for listening to Excel Roundup. This is Deborah Dalgleish from Contextures.com. To get the links from today's roundup, please visit www.contextures.com slash podcasts.